So I want to just let you know that most of the resources or most of the things that I've got for today's sermon came from two, two really cool resources that I recommend you, you check out when you get a chance. It, it goes more into detail than what I have to cover today. And one of them is by Pastor Rick Warren, one of my favorite pastors. He's really applicable in his sermons. And he talks about the law of contentment. The law of contentment. The other one is a book I read a year ago that is called What Keeps You Up at Night by Pete Wilson. What are the things that cause you to wake up in the middle of the night? What are you most worried about? That's great resources, and I'm going to cover some of the stuff that I read on those resources. But Pastor Rick Warren summarizes his law of contentment really with two key verses in Proverbs. The first one is this, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30. And Solomon says this, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. And really what he's saying is being conformed with what you have is okay. It's healthy. But if you keep chasing after more stuff, it will eat you up. The second one that uh, Pastor Rick Warren uses is Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 9. It says this. Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the appetite. This also is vanity and the striving after the wind. Again, just be satisfied with what you have. Set your eyes on the things that God has given you. Don't be wandering after more stuff, trying to grab the wind. You will never be able to grasp it. He says it's vanity. But we have this mindset that we want more money. The more money I have, the more stuff I can get, the happier I'll be. And it's an ever-ending story. Money will never truly satisfy us. We will never be content chasing after what we want. The only thing that would make us content and satisfied is what we truly desire. And we will see that is Jesus Christ so here's my, four, my first effect of chasing after wanting more. Wanting more brings more fatigue. Here's the first effect of chasing after more money. Wanting more brings more fatigue. You're, you're more tired. So think about it. You're not satisfied with the money you're making right now at your job. You, you want more. I deserve more because I want more stuff. Let me put in the extra hours and overtime, honey. You want that TV? I'm going to put some overtime, honey, so we can get that bigger TV. Work hard, work hard, working more and more and more. At the end of the day, you're just tired. But you need more stuff. Oh, let me think. Let me get a part-time job because I can't get more stuff working the hours I'm working now. Does that sound familiar? More hours at the office. You're more tired. And guess what? You're missing out on what's truly valuable. You're missing out on spending time with your kids. You're missing time spending, out, spending time with your spouse. But you're chasing after what you want. And all you're getting at the end of the day is more tired. I read this on Facebook and it said this. Don't have what you want. Work harder. Don't have what you want. Go get it. No matter the cost, work harder. We live in a community. We live in a society that says, you want it, go get it. Work as much as you want, but go get it, no matter the cost. Look at uh, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 4 says, Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. In other words, 
Yeah, work. You need to work. We all need to work. God made us to labor, to work. But no one to say enough is enough. No one to say, you know what, I, I need a break. I, I think I have enough already. I, I need to spend some time with a family. Spend some time enjoying what I have. Don't go out just work and work and work. You'll get more and more tired. I read this in an article preparing for the sermon. It says this, and I thought it was true. We give up our health in order to get money the first half of our lives. Then the second half of our lives, we give up our money to get our health back. Working all these long hours to get more money, to get more stuff. And it's because we work so much, because we're tired, we let our health go, and now we want that back. Some of the examples, some of the effects I'm going to give you today, I live them. And I'm still guilty of it. But let me give you a little bit of my background. I remember in college, when I, when I was in college, my priority, my goal was this. By the time I was 30, I wanted to be a millionaire, period, no matter the cost. So as soon as I graduated, I strived after that. And I started working. I got my company. And I started making the money. And I started working more and harder and longer hours. I was getting more stuff. Trust me. But now I look back. And my oldest is 16 years old. And yeah, as a baby and as a child, he had all the toys that you could, money could buy. But I didn't spend enough time with him. Every regret starts with a want. And that's one of my biggest regrets, not being able to spend precious time with my boy. Is that where you're at today? Is it worth it? Is it worth it wanting more by working more? The second effect of wanting more, wanting more stuff, wanting more monies is that wanting more brings more expenses. It happens. I want more, so I work more hours, I make more money. You're not going to stuff it under your pillow. You're going to go more and more stuff. I'm going to go buy that nice big house. And you know what? I'm not content with that nice big house. I need tons of cars. And you know what? I want a nice backyard and build this awesome pool. I want more stuff. And then you realize that having more stuff brings more expenses. Bigger house. Bigger utility bills. And now i got to hire somebody to take care of my gardening because I can't do it on my own because I'm working so many hours. I can't come home and mow the lawn, so I'm going to pay somebody to mow the lawn. I'm making so much money, I can't do my own income tax return. i, I got to hire an accountant. More money, more expenses. So, and then what happens? We can't make ends meet. So what do we do? Credit card. Let's put it on the credit card. Let's pay our bills with a credit card and increases and increases. Now you've got bills coming in because of the debt that you are in. But go get the big house like I did. Go get those cars like I did. And I realized, wow, the more I get, the more I want, the expenses went up. See, and I realized this. I realized the problem is that, that I wasn't making enough. And here's the truth. The problem is that we don't make enough. That's not the problem. The problem is that we want too much. If you have a job, then be grateful for the job that you have. 
If you're making $100 a month, learn how to live underneath the means that you have. Learn how to live with $100 a month, whatever that looks like. You're going to have to give up stuff. The moment I realized that I, I have to give up stuff is the moment I felt, oh, I get it. I don't need all this. Look what Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 11 says. It says this, when goods increase, they increase who eat them. And what advantage has their owner but to see them with his eyes? The New Living Translation has the same verse, and I love, I like this translation. It says, the more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. So what good is wealth? Except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers. It's the truth. We've got nothing to show. More stuff. You need more space. You go rent storage for your stuff. Another expense. Have you looked around Laredo lately? So many storage places going up all over the place. Why? Because of us. It's the truth. But you're laughing, but you're guilty. Garage full of stuff. You can't park your cars in the garage. It's for your cars, not for your stuff. It's a cycle we get into, but we keep chasing what we want. We are never, ever satisfied. Someone asked John D. Rockefeller once, they asked him this, how much money does it take to satisfy a man? And Rockefeller replied, just a little bit more than what he has. Just a little bit more. And then when you get that, uh, a little bit more. The higher the income, the higher the expense, and the more we want. Going in circles like a mouse in the little toy. Chasing after what we want. Chasing after more stuff. The third effect of wanting more is wanting more brings more anxiety. Wanting more brings more anxiety. So now you have, okay. You're working long hours, your health is going down, you can barely spend time with your family because you have a job and a part-time job, but you have the nice house, but there's more expensive. You got credit card debt up to the gazoo and you don't know what to do. You're going to be anxious just a little bit. You don't know how to handle all the stuff that you have. And really what you're looking for is peace, joy, tranquility, and you're getting the total opposite of chasing money, chasing what you want. I couldn't sleep at night. I had so much stuff. I was worried, how am I going to maintain the house I have? I've got taxes to pay. I've got now credit card bills. My wife is now working another part-time, selling bracelets just to make ends meet. I couldn't sleep. And now, I can barely wake up this morning. <laughs> I don't worry about my Ferrari, about my yacht. I don't worry about precious paintings I have in my house. You know why? Because I don't have any of that. <laughs> but yet we worry because of more stuff. How am I going to secure my cars? I've got to buy bigger insurance for them or better insurance. You get the picture. Look what Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 12 says this. Sweet is the sleep of a laborer. Whether he eats little or much, but the full stomach of the rich will not let him sleep. Trying to take care of his stuff. This is a proven fact. The higher the income, the higher the insomnia. 
How many of you right now are, are waking up in the middle of the night? Just saying, oh, man, it's, next month is around the corner. How am I going to pay for my mortgage? What am I going to do? You don't have to. You can just say enough. Enough is enough. I've got to work so hard to do all these things because I need more money to maintain what I have, but I'm not satisfied. I want more stuff, and it's just a crazy cycle. Stop chasing what you want and start chasing what you desire. So let's summarize everything so far. You're more fatigued, spending more hours in the overtime, trying to get more money because you're not satisfied. Um, so what you do is you have more stuff now. Now you got to maintain that stuff. So you have extra expenses. You hire an accountant. You hire a gardener. You have a beautiful pool, but you got to hire somebody to clean the pool, and then it's just more expensive. you got credit card debts because you can't maintain what you have now. All this thing is adding up. So in the middle of the night, you can't wake up. You're so tired. You wake up, and, and you can't sleep. You wake up. You're pouncing back and forth, and you're all tired. Guess what that's going to add up to? Guaranteed. My fourth point, wanting more brings more conflict. Of course you're going to be in a bad mood. Who wouldn't be? You're always tense. You're always stressed, lack of sleep, working hard, anxious. You're going to get into conflict. You're going to get home, and guess who you're going to let it out on? Your spouse. Any little thing is going to blow you up. It's not because of the little thing. It's going to be because of all the pressure you have about, ch about chasing more stuff. You always hurt the ones you love the most. You yell at your kids. Your wife is walking on eggshells. Oh, he's going to be in a good mood. He's going to be in a bad mood. What do I do? Been there, done that. I used to get home and, what is that glass doing there? It's not the glass. It's the stress. We're going to have more conflict. It comes with the territory. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 27 says this. Whoever is greedy for unjust gain troubles his own household. But he who hates bribes will live. You're going to bring trouble home. You can't leave those problems at the door. They're with you constantly. Those effects of chasing after more money gives you all this. You know what the number one reason for divorce nowadays is? The number one reason now, it's financial distress. Couples just don't know what to do. There's so much in debt that they're just fighting all the time because of finances. I, I, I sit down with couples when I do marriage counseling and I suggest this is what you should do. This is what I, I recommend. And, and I see this all the time. The wife has its own account, her own account. The husband has his own account. This is my money. Don't you touch my money. This is my money. Don't you touch. But, but uh, I'm supposed to take care of the mortgage, right? Yeah, but I don't have any money for the mortgage. I need some of yours. No, nope, this is my mortgage because I need new shoes. And mama needs new shoes. You can't touch it about money. Come together and be grateful that God has given you everything that you need. And that money is not your money. It's not her money. It's his money put together to enjoy what he's given you. What are we doing to ourselves? This is the way we live. And this is why community is the way it is. Families being torn apart because of chasing after more money. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 says this. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation 
into a snare, he says, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Keep chasing after you want. Keep following that temptation of yours. You are going to fall into destruction, health-wise, in relationship, you name it. Let's stop that pattern. Let's, let's turn our eyes and, and see what harm we are doing by chasing after that. Because honestly, if, we, if we're honest with ourselves, we're all never satisfied. We're broken. We live in a broken world. And we're all greedy. We all have that sin nature in us of being greedy. Now, some of you are saying, wait a second. I, I agree with some of those points. You know, I... You know, getting more expenses, working longer hours. I, that I agree, but greedy? I, I'm not greedy. No. My husband, es de Monterrey, él sí es bien codo, pero yo, yo no. You are. Because if you say that you're not, then why are you going to Target trying to look for more stuff to get that you don't really need? The outlet malls are, are, are so popular now because it's new. We want that. We, I'm going to go and see what I can get. Not that you need, but that you want. And, and I love the way Timothy Keller says it. Greed, greed is a sin that just sneaks up on you. I mean, we, we can identify sin. I mean, we know when we lie. Oh, I lied. You know you did not tell the truth. It's a sin. You, we know when we, when we steal something. You, you took something that doesn't belong to you. We, we know. I, I, I sinned. I stole something. It's not surprising. For example, you know when you commit adultery. You don't wake up in the morning and say, wait a second, you're not my spouse. You, no, you know you've committed adultery. But greed, greed hides itself. We covet what we don't have. We're not satisfied chasing after more stuff. My fifth effect is this. Is wanting more brings more dissatisfaction. Wanting more brings more dissatisfaction. We're chasing after we want, in this case money, more stuff, because we feel that's going to satisfy us. But it's totally opposite. It gives us totally opposite of what we want. Look what Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10 says. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money. Will not nor he who loves wealth with his income. This also is vanity. Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, these were written by Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, the richest man that ever lived probably. He had it all, the castles, the chariots, the horses, the wives. I don't know if that's a good thing. But he had all these things. And he's saying, listen, it wasn't enough for me. It's not going to be enough for you. And as he wrote this Proverbs, at, at the end of his life, he was probably looking back and saying, what was I doing chasing after these things that never satisfied me? This too was vanity. I was chasing after the wind. I was never going to grasp it. We all do that. We all love the, the feeling we get when we buy something new. And, and don't get me wrong. Buying something here, material things, will satisfy us temporarily. Getting a new car, you love that new car smell. You wash it every week. You drive around, you know, making errands. I'll go, honey, just to get in the car. I'll go buy milk every 30 minutes just to drive around in that new car. Two months later, the new car smells gone. You're barely washing your car. 
You used to park super far away from the H-E-B entrance so no other cars will hit it, and now you don't carry it over the curbs. It's only a temporary satisfaction. We buy new clothes. By the way, this shirt's new. My wife desired it on me. We buy it. We buy it because we feel good. It, it's new. Two months later, we're, we're giving the shirts away. We're using el calzones to, to clean the furniture with pledge. That's a Mexican in me. We're satisfied temporarily. And then we're not satisfied with that. So we go, got, go get more stuff. And the stuff we have, we donate it, give it away, whatever. Chasing after more money will never truly satisfy us. So let me ask you this. How many of you, please don't raise your hand up. How many of you feel that you want to be more tired? You know what? I don't feel like work enough. I want to work more. If there's a 24-7 job, I want it. Any of you? How, how many of you say, you know what? One thing that cheers me up the most is to get home, open up my mailbox, and see credit card uh, statements. Oh, I love expenses. I want more expenses. I love to work so hard and give all my money away and never see it. How many of you uh, want that? Or how many of you say, you know what? I'm not as anxious. I love being stressed. Woo, gives me goosebumps. I can't wait. Or how many of you say, you know what, I get home and I, I don't argue enough with my spouse. It's nothing I want more but to get home and start the yipper-yappering conflict with my kids and with my, my husband or my wife. Or how many of you say, you know what, I, I feel really satisfied. I wish I was more dissatisfied. Any of you? I hope not. But again, we're chasing after that. We're chasing after what we want and we're getting all these things. And now I want, what I want us to do is, is, is look at what we truly desire, and that is contentment. That is what bring, will bring us everything that we think we want because it's a true, valuable thing in God's eyes. It's what he desires for you and for me. And I think Paul summarizes this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12, where he says, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, he says, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Paul is saying, I have learned. It doesn't come natural to me. I have learned the secret. What is that secret? The secret is of being content. I have learned how to be content when I have a lot, and I have learned how to be content when I barely have anything. That summarizes it. That is what... What is a true desire? That's what the desire we should have is to be content. So I want to share with you four ways that you can learn contentment. The secret that Paul is talking about. Four ways of learning how to be content. The first one is this. To learn contentment, I must stop comparing myself to others. I must stop comparing myself to others. Don't compare with what your neighbor has to what you, what you have, and we're all guilty of this. So you walk or you go to a, a, a new house. Maybe some of you were in small groups this semester, and you go to your host home, and you get there. As soon as you get off the car, you say, mira, gorda, 
La puerta, that's a beautiful door. It's huge. It's made out of wood. Open the door. You walk into the living room. Oh, my goodness. It's an open space concept. Look at this. It's huge. He's got a 95-inch television. I only have a 65. Wow. Did you see the kitchen? Stainless steel. Everything. That's the kitchen I wanted. <laughs> Look at the backyard. Oh, my. It's got a backyard. It's got a pool. It's got everything. If I had a backyard like this, I would never go anywhere on vacation. We start comparing. We start saying, I don't have that, and look what I have. Don't compare. Look what Paul says. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, he says, Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending, commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. <laughs> don't compare with others. Because what happens is that you start comparing, you start coveting, you start wanting, you, you start wanting what you don't have. Instead of saying, you know, instead of saying, hey, I wish I had that, you could just say, you know what, I'm glad you have this beautiful home. Wow. I'm glad that you have this awesome pool. Can I come on Sundays and hang out? <laughs> but don't start coveting. You start comparing, covet will happen. Be happy with what you have. Which brings me to my second point. To learn contentment, I must enjoy what I have. Very simple. Just enjoy what you have. We are so busy trying to get what we don't have that we don't have time just to sit back and enjoy what we do have. Again, I'll be real honest. When, as we're going through this series and as I'm preparing through the sermon, it... it, it it's getting to me. I'm trying to decipher whether it's something that I want or something I desire. And for, for a while now, my wife and I, CJ, have been talking about a pool. We want a pool. And so I've been asking my friends, so uh, what about a pool? Pe people that have pools, well, you know, it's, it's cool at first, the novelty of it. The kids are in the pool and the whole thing. But then you got to maintain it. you got to clean it. There's an expense and the cycle begins kind of thing. And I think to myself, no, 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 I love cleaning pools. My kids will always be, as a matter of fact, we're going to live in the pool. I'm making excuses. And, and as I'm thinking back and listening to God, I realize this, that's, a, that's a want. See, what I truly desire, what I truly desire is just to spend time with my kids, with my wife, with my friends. And I can do that in the backyard I have now. Because I must learn to be satisfied with what I have. I must learn to just say, thank you, Father. Thank you for what you've given me. One of my favorite Proverbs is Proverbs chapter 30, verse 7 and 9. It says this, to things, two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with a food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. And, and what he's saying here, and again, I love this proverb. He's saying, hey, Father, don't, don't make me so poor that I've got to steal and defy your name. Don't, don't just give me what I need. But on the other hand, Father, don't give me all these riches, everything that I ever want. Because you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to deny you and I'm going to think that I don't need you anymore. And God is saying, I will give you just what you need. But I want you to chase after what you desire. Be satisfied. Be content with what I have given you. 
First Timothy, it's not up on the screen, but I love what First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 says this. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on uncertainty of riches. But on God, he says, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. God has given us everything that we can ever ask for for us to enjoy. He, he's sitting back. He's giving us these things like, like a father gives a gift to his son in Christmas. And this, as his son opens up the gift and he's playing with whatever it is, the father looks down and, and sees enjoyment in the son. So that pleases the father. God is saying, enjoy what I have given you because it pleases me. Whatever it is. And if you think about it, and as I've been thinking about it, God has given us beautiful things in his creation that are absolutely free. He's given us sunrises. He's given us sunsets. He's given us family, relationships. He's given us his church. One of my favorite things to do is, is to sit in my backyard. And I sit there in this old chair that my dog Aggie has beaten up. He's got something against the chair. But I, I sit there. I sit there in my backyard without a pool, but I'm still sitting in my backyard. And what I love to do is just watch the sunset, watch the change of colors in the evening. And I just look back and I thank God for his beauty. And then there's a window that's real close to where I'm sitting. I can see my wife. And I just thank God for my wife. I see my boys. They play football. And I'm just so thankful that I have two healthy, gorgeous boys. That's what God wants, to look down and say, be satisfied. And I bet you one thing, if I were sitting on a chair that's gold-plated or super expensive, it wouldn't change the satisfaction in my heart. We need to learn to be content, to be satisfied on what he has given us. You go home today, walk into your house and say, thank you that I have a roof over my head. Thank you that there's, there's AC. Thank you that I have running water. We are the richest country in the world, and yet we're the unhappiest, ungrateful country in the world. Be grateful for what you have. Be grateful you have toilet paper, okay? Because you don't know what it's, you got till it's gone. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Just be grateful. Be satisfied with what you have. The third thing is this. And third and fourth kind of go hand in hand. The third thing is this. Remember, life is not about things. It's not about things. It's not about acquiring more stuff. We do need to work, but it's not about just grabbing more stuff, making more money. Because you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of your life, none of the things that you acquire here on this earth, material things, you are going to take with you. None. Zero. It's not about getting more things. I love what Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. This is Jesus speaking. And he said to them, take care and be on guard against all covetousness. Be careful, he says, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. It's not about how much stuff you get at the end of the race. But we all have this belief that it's a rat race. We need to get as much as we stuff. And the one that ends up with the most wins. But whether you finish first or you finish last, you're still a rat. So it's not about grabbing stuff and not letting go. Somebody took a while to get that, but. It's not about possessions. It's not about 
grabbing onto stuff for security, pleasure, contentment. It's about being grateful and letting go. It's about investing in eternity. Which brings me to my fourth point. To learn contentment, I must focus on what will last forever. Focus on what really matters. Focus on spending time with your family. Focus on sharing God's word. Focus on spending time with God. Focus on being in a small group, of being together as a church. Focus on things that have eternal value. Everything else will be gone, but God's word will be forever. I love Matthew 6. Jesus is talking about money. And he's telling the crowd, he's saying, look, you can't serve two masters. You will hate one and love the other. You will either serve one or not serve the other. He's saying, you can't love God and money. And then he turns to the people and he says, hey, don't be anxious. I know you're anxious about money and stuff that you don't have, but don't be anxious. He says, how many of you can add a single day to your life by being anxious? And then he turns to the birds and he turns to the lilies and he says, look at this beautiful creation that God has given you. The birds have enough to, feed, to eat. Look at the lilies. They're as beautiful as Solomon's dress. What my father in heaven can give you so much more than these birds and the fields. And then he says this. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and everything else, everything that you need will be given to you. When I first heard this truth and I started applying, I said, you're right. Let me seek first what truly matters, what's eternal, what I can't see. As a matter of fact, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. He says, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. But the things that are unseen, those things, those things are eternal. Love, God's word relationship, those things are unseen, but those things are what truly matter. Those things are eternal. We need to stop chasing after wants. We need to stop chasing after what we think will satisfy us. And we need to have faith, faith to turn to God and know that he will give us what we need and he will give us what we desire. See, faith is two things that I've learned what faith is through my life, through my struggles, through my my necessity of chasing what I want. Faith is looking forward to not know what's going to happen, but, but trusting God, trusting to his word. Just faith looking forward and say, God, every day is going to be a struggle. You want me to let go of this? You want me to sell my house? You want me to sell my truck? I will do it. I have faith in you, Father. And as I went through my struggles, I came out more stronger in my faith than I ever have. But it didn't stop there because I looked back and I believed God. Wow. I went through it, and now I believe you. Not only is my faith stronger, I believe that what you have to say is true. And that's what God is asking us. Just let go. Chase after what's truly valuable. Chase after what truly is desirable. And that is my son. See, Jesus Christ gave up all our wants because we want treasures. We want um, a nice comfort, a place to lay our head. We want all that. And he gave up all of our single wants to give us our desires. He stepped out of heaven. He walked a, lived a perfect life. He didn't have a home. He didn't have a bed to lay on. As a matter of fact, as he hung on the cross, 
Everything was stripped away from him. He didn't have a single need met. And yet he gratefully gave all that up. Why? Because he wanted, he desired for us to have a relationship with the Father. And not only that, Jesus not only died for our sins, not only did he take our sins and hang them on the cross, not only did he take God's wrath and take it for us, he said, once you trust in what I have done for you, I'm going to give you my inheritance. I'm going to give you eternity with the Father. I'm going to give you the pleasures of heaven. I am truly going to give you what you desire. I'm asking you this. When, when is enough enough? Have you come to a point where you say, I'm done. I can't chase after what I want. I can't chase after more stuff because it's just wearing me out. Imagine a church that would realize, that would come to that realization and say, you know what, I'm done. And now everything that I have, everything that I want, it's just to please you because that is what you truly desire. Imagine a church that said, you know what, Father, help me change my heart and chase after what I desire. Imagine the impact we would do in the community. Our money that's not even ours, we would invest in his kingdom. Families wouldn't be broken up. We'd be spending time with family, with church, with friends. And Jesus is saying, be that church. Be the church that I died for. Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy burdened. And I, he says, I, not money. He says, I will give you rest. See, I want to I wanna look back when I'm old and sitting on that old chair still. Hopefully I'll have a pool by then. <laughs> but I want to look back as the sunset comes in the early evening. I want to look back and just say, thank you, Father. And as my wife is sitting next to me, married for 70 years, I want to be thankful that I didn't chase after I want what I wanted. I, I want to be thankful that I, I discerned enough to say, you know what, enough's enough, and I want to spend time with this beautiful wife that you've given me. That's truly valuable. I'm glad I realized that if I kept chasing after what I wanted and spending more time at the, at the office and wanting more stuff, I would have lost this woman next to me. I want to look back and think of my boys. By then, maybe they'll be married. And I want to feel that they're God-fearing men and that they desire to be like me because I give an example to my boys. I give an example of how a father should be, how a husband should be. See, that's what truly matters. That's what God wants us to have. All of every, everything else does not matter. Where are you today? Don't be full of regrets, chasing after what you want. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that you're honest with us. I want to thank you that you show us so much mercy and love because you could have easily said, I'm done. But you didn't. You haven't, just you never will. As a matter of fact, you sent your son to do something that we could never have done on our own. You sent your son to die for us, 
so that we can have a relationship with you. But Father, because we're so sinful, let us understand your truth, the truth of chasing after what's truly valuable. Let us chase after Jesus Christ because he will fill the desires of our hearts. Let us be a people that sits back and realize that what we're doing is wrong. Chasing after money, chasing after material things is not the answer, Father. Let us be an example to our kids. Let us be the wives. Let us be the husbands that you have called us to be. Father, I know that that's what you want for us. And I know you would look down on your church and have a smile on your face. We can do it, Father, but we need your help. Let us trust in you. Father, we love you. We praise you. And we ask all these things in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.